Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, I love, I love being able to worship on a Sunday morning and singing with, with you all and just praising God. And what a wonderful time it is to be able to, to worship God and to, and to sing out because He is worthy of being glorified. And we want to, you know, before we get into the Word, just want to uh, give us an opportunity to be able to, to worship God through our tithes and offerings. And I just want to give a, a small report of uh, what, what's going on in that area in, in this church. Um, right before the pandemic shut everything down, we had had a chance to, to go down to Mexico and to, and to bless uh, certain communities over there that had no running water and no electricity for for um, you know, makeshift hospital that they, they had in one of the towns. And um, just want to say we've been a, we were able to, to give and we were able to have, they have fresh water for like four months and hopefully it'll carry them through, through this pandemic before we can go out there again. And also electricity, so these people that are dying in this hospital are, are being able to have the comforts that they need and, and hopefully can be healed. So all that is because of your generosity, and we just want to uh, pray for our offering this morning. And, and if you would like to, to give to the church, you can give through our uh, app. It, it'll show up on your screen, and um, you can give there. It's really easy to do, and, and I use it all the time. It's great. And so we just praise the Lord that we can do that. And um, if you, you know, you're not under any obligation, of course, but you know, through your generosity, the church is able to, to serve the people. So let's pray for our offering this morning in Jesus' name. Father, we come before you right now and we just want to honor you with our tithes and offering, Lord, with the first fruits of what you've given us. Father, let us give cheerfully, Father. Let us give, Father, according to how you desire for us to give, Lord. And we just pray, Father, that you guide us, that it's all your guidance, Lord, that you guide us in everything and in this area especially, Lord. We ask, Father, that we are able to put you number one in our lives and not have any idols or of any kind, and just have you as our number one. So, Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, Father, receive this offering. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Today we're going to be talking about faith during this pandemic. And, um, you know, faith is, is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we can't see. And we are, we are certain, certain that the God we serve is alive, the God we serve is loving you, the God that we serve is, is, is the God that created this world. We are sure 100% that who we serve and what we are doing. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And before we get into, into the, the, the sermon, I want to just address the situation that is going on right now and, and you know, the situation about our churches. Um, closed and not being able to, to have open services. And, you know, California has this plan in, serve, in, in place. The, the governor put this plan where, where we're going to be opening up little by little. And, um, and I don't see anything wrong with the plan other than the churches are listed in the bottom part of this plan in phase three. And, and they have the churches listed as entertainment. And, and I just want to say something to... Um, to you, Governor Newsom, if you're listening, you know, the church is not entertainment. We are not here to entertain. We are here to preach the Word of God, and the Word of God is necessary for the healing of this country and of your state. So we, I say that with all the love that I can give you from in the name of Jesus, because together, in Christ, we can turn this around. But you've got to understand, the church is here to teach the Word of God, to lead people 
in the name of Jesus. And it's all about that. It really is all about that. So as we, you know, as we look around, we see that many people are blind to the ways of the Lord. Many people are blind to the ways of the Lord. They, they, they can't see, and they, spiritually speaking, they can't see. And what they need is they need to be led by believers that are men and women who have decided to follow Jesus by the examples of their lives, by the faith that they walk in. Then we can lead others to the faith. But we have to be strong in our faith. And during this pandemic, you know, it's, it's important that our faith be centered in Christ. You know, I was speaking with a young man from my church the other day, and he said, why is the majority of the people... Why are the majority of people just follow what they're told? No questions asked. You know, why can't they just have faith? And that, that question just, just struck a chord in my heart. Why can't we just have faith? You know, the truth is we can have faith, but a lot of people choose not to have faith. And, you know, during this time that we're not allowed to meet, I believe a couple things are going to happen in the church. I believe that the church is going to grow. I believe that the church will grow strong and that the power of God will be evident and people will see the power of God in a way that they have never seen the power of God. And many will turn to the Lord. Many will turn from their, from their sinful ways and turn to the Lord and, and they will rejoice. There will be revival. We've been craving revival. We've been preaching revival. We've been asking God for revival. For, for many years now, and, and may it be so that the Lord brings revival to His people and to the Lamb. But at the same time, I also believe many will be lost. Many will lose their faith. And, and, it, and it's heartbreaking to think about that. And as I was thinking of you know, people losing their faith and why they're losing their faith, I came across this story that I want to just share with you all this morning. And, and I'll just read it to you. It says, you know, one day a young disciple of Christ, desiring to fully receive all that God had for him, visited the home of an elderly Christian man. Now he heard that this old man had, had never lost his first love for Christ. Over all the years of his life he, life, he never lost his love for Christ. And the elderly guy was just sitting at the porch with his dog, taking in the beautiful sunset that morning. And the young man asks this question. He says, Why is it, sir, that so many Christians zealously follow and chase after God the first year or two after their conversion, but after they fall into this complacent ritual of going to church once or twice a week and they end up not looking any different than people that are not even believers at all. So I've heard that you have not been like that, says the young man. The old man smiled and replied. And he says, let me tell you a story. And he says, one day I was sitting here quietly in the sun with my dog and suddenly a large rabbit just came running across the field in front of us. He says, well, my dog jumps up and starts chasing this after this big white rabbit, and he chases it over the hills with a passion. He's chasing it, and soon other dogs began to join in. They, because of my dog's barking and his relentless pursuit, other dogs started to join in, and, and what a sight it was to see. Dogs running across the fields, up creeks, through stony embankments, through the thorns and bushes. They're just running all over the place, but gradually, one by one, the other dogs begin to drop off of this pursuit. And, and after a while, the, you know, they were discouraged by the course and maybe frustrated by the chase. And, and the only dog that continued to pursue this white rabbit was my dog. And, and in that story, young man, lies the answer to your question. Now, the young man, he sits in confusion and in silence, and he finally says, Sir, I don't understand. What is the connection between a rabbit chase and the quest for God? And, and the old seasoned Christian says to him, well, you fail to understand because you fail to ask the obvious question. The question was, why didn't the other dogs continue 
the chase? And the answer to that question is that they had not seen the rabbit. Now, if you do not know what you are chasing, after a while, the chase just becomes too difficult. Your faith will lack, the passion will fade, and the determination to keep up the chase will just dissipate. And I believe that many people will fall away because they are serving the Lord only because they see others doing it. Only because they are going to a church that has many events and many things that they can participate in. Only because they're starting to get friends that are Christians and they're, and they're starting to serve God like that. But when things get difficult for them, they may lose their desire and chase and, and desire to chase after a holy life. And my hope is that that doesn't happen. But the problem is that if you don't know the Lord, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, you will not have the strength. You will not have the strength to serve God. So how can we grow in our faith so that this doesn't happen to us? And the sermon today is really simple, but yet it's profound. Just three things I want to talk about. Number one is to remember your first love. Remember your first love. The second thing is to meditate on the Word of God. And the third thing is prayer. Three simple things, but very profound subjects. So remember your first love. I, I realized when I was thinking about this and I thought about me and when I was lost with, with, without God and, and I finally gave in to the calling of the Lord in my life, I was overwhelmed by the amazing love and the amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I wanted to share my experience with everyone who would be willing to listen. I had never felt a love like this. And I just wanted to share it with the world. But I quickly realized that I had to stop telling people how I felt because the Lord is not about a feeling. The Lord is about a relationship filled with love, filled with respect, and filled with obedience to His Word. So if you have your, your scriptures, you could turn with me to 1 John 4.19. And I'm reading out of the NIV version. It says, We love because He first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So number one, we have to, we have to love the Lord. And the Lord gives us this command to love others. But our first love has to be uh, you know, that passion and desire to serve the Lord. We cannot forget that. And we must continue that, but we must continue it by being obedient to, to the Word of God. Now, love can be difficult for us. Love is difficult for us because we have all had failed relationships. We have all had relationships that aren't perfect. And so it's hard for us to understand that true love. It, it, it makes, you know, we get hurt by love. Sometimes we open up and we just get hurt by love. And then we put up walls. We, we, it causes bad communication. It makes us not believe. And so uh, that's what we know about love as people. But God is not like that. God tells us in this scripture that we just read that he loved you first. It is God that loves you first, and He will never fail you. He will never get tired of you. He will never get sick of what you're saying. He will never get tired of, of you leaving your shoes in the places where you shouldn't leave it, and things like that. He, he will never get tired of you. He just loves you. And, I, and look at this scripture in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27 verse, and through 31. And I'm going to read this out of the message version, and it says... Why would you ever complain, O Jacob, or whine Israel, saying, God has lost track of me? 
He doesn't care what happens to me. And I love this next little part. It says, don't you know anything? Don't we know anything? Haven't you been listening? God does not come and go. God lasts. God is forever. He doesn't just come and go. He is with you all the time. And let's keep reading. He, he's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out. doesn't pause to catch his breath. He, he knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired, gives fresh strength to the dropouts. And even young people tire and drop. Young folk in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and they don't lag behind. You know, when I, when I think about how God loves me, it, it just amazes me. I don't, even, I don't even have the words to express what I feel. I don't even know if I could explain it. I, I, I just, I'm overwhelmed with God's love. And um, it makes me so grateful. And I want to get excited. I want everybody to get excited about it. I want everybody to, to, to start to see God for who He is. Not just, you know, belief, but let's put our faith in our belief and let's get to, to work in the name of Jesus because God has done so much for us. Another scripture that all of you at least know the numbers is John 3.16 and, and everybody has seen those signs at sporting events in different places but it's so profound. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now we we should all know this, in Christianity this is basic stuff, but it's very profound, very profound. And, and, and what should we do about it? When I think about this verse, I, I, think I, need to, I feel like I need to do something about it, because here is God's amazing love for us, and I think about that, and I think about how I treated God before I was a Christian, and, and I kind of liken it to, to my kids. I think about if I were to give my kids up, for, for anybody else or any situation, if I sacrificed my son and said, go ahead and destroy my son, go ahead and hurt my son, go ahead and, and make my son's blood spill all over the floor and kill him so that you can have a benefit. And then when you start walking all over the, son, the blood of my son, it just gets me so angry to think, it, I would, if I had to do that, and then people would discard that like it was nothing, no big deal. And I think I did that to Christ. I did that. I walked all over the blood of Jesus, but I recognized that in all of that, even though I did that, He still loves me. And even though you have done what you have done, Jesus still loves you. What an amazing thing that is, that no matter what we do, God still loves us and cares for us. And we have to remember our first love. We cannot forget, forget that first love, and we must always remember what Jesus has done for us. We must also always remember that moment when we opened our, our lives to, to the obedience of holiness and looked to God and decided to change our ways from darkness to light. We need to remember that and, and understand that's who we are now in Christ and not get complacent with what the world throws at us. And this time we're living in, this pandemic we're living in, is a perfect opportunity for us to show the world who God is. 
to stand firm in the name of Jesus. And so knowing that God has done that, looking at God and seeing that God is who he is, then, then we, we can chase with a passion to, to follow him, chase with a passion to follow the word. And, and that would lead me to the next point, which is to meditate on the word of God. I love the first Psalms. I love the first Psalm. I just love it because it's just so, uh, let me just read it. <laughs> Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do will prosper. But not so for the wicked. They are like chaff and the wind that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to have blessings, and, but, but he wants you also to avoid ungodliness. You know, one of the things we have to do is avoid ungodliness. And, and we're not, we are intelligent people. Each one of you is intelligent and knows if something is ungodly or something is godly. And if we're going to be obedient, if our faith is going to grow, then we have to do everything we can to avoid ungodly thoughts and behaviors and actions and change our habits to godly habits. And so we can only do that if we meditate on the word day and night. That means think about God at all times. Always have God in your mind. Always have God. We have to do this. We have to think about God. We have to meditate on the Word. We have to memorize Scripture so that we have Scriptures just floating around in our head. Just like sometimes a song gets stuck in our head and we can't get it out. You know, we want Scriptures to get stuck in our head and, and us not to be able to get out. We want to be able to be so filled with the Word of God that all we want to do is talk about Jesus. All we want to do is talk about the Word of God. And I know the world, the world doesn't like that. The world is not like that. But you know what? We, we don't care. I don't care. We're not about the world. We're about Christ. It reminds me of a funny story when, you know, before I was married, I went out on a date with this girl, and, and um, it was a good date, but then she asked me, what do I do for fun? And I said, well, I love to go to the church, and I love to do things with the church. And then she's like, is all you do is go to the church? And then I was like, yes, <laughs> all I do is serve the Lord. I just want to serve the Lord. And that was the last date that, that we had. And, and the thing is, it's like so many people look for other things to bring joy, enjoyment and joy and fill them up. But we don't need that. All we need is Christ. All we need is the Word of God. All we need is the fellowship of believers. All we need is to have our purpose, which is to follow Christ. Praise the Lord. You will be strong if you meditate on the Word of God. How many Christians want to be strong? I would assume that everybody would want to be strong, but yet sometimes we're... Calling, complaining about being weak. We can't handle this or can't handle that. And most of the times when I have somebody come to my office and talk to me and have a problem, I ask them, are you reading your scripture? And I get some answers like, well, yeah, kind of. And it's like, well, sometimes, not, not like I should. You know, with the, when I read between the lines, the truth is they're not reading it. And so when we're not reading it, we're not going to be strong. 
It's just, it's right there in the scriptures. You're going to be strong. You're going to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, gentleness, all the fruits of the Spirit. We can have that, but we have to get into the Word. We have to be thinking about the Word. We have to be trusting in the Word, and we have to put our faith in the Word and, and, and live out our faith in the Word. Not just believe it and do nothing, but believe it and do something and exercise our faith. The scripture tells us what happens to the wicked. They will not be blessed. They may think they're being blessed now because they may have riches and whatnot, but they're not being blessed. It reminds me of that saying, smile now, cry later. The world wants to smile now, have everything that they want now, and worry about it later. No, you don't want to do that. What you want to do is have Christ in your heart, and then you can smile now and smile later. You can have it all if you just open your heart to Jesus. But the wicked, they will not be blessed. They will not stand in the judgment, and they will be on a path to destruction. And I don't even want to go there, but I know that that destruction, being separated from God, is going to be the most horrible thing that anybody can ever have, can ever, can ever experience. So I plead with you, if you are not close to God, change your way so that you will not be with the wicked, that you will be with the righteous, with the people that God blesses, the people that God is with and his people. Trust in God. And the other thing that we have to do, the last point that I want to make today is prayer. We need to be praying. We need to be praying. We need to be praying. We say that so much. We say that all the time. But how many of us actually pray? One of the things that we're doing, churches all across the, the state, all across the, the country, is we're trying to pray more. We're trying to get on our knees and to pray and to ask God for direction. Ask God for direction. As, as things turn and, and this pandemic and the, there's, there's all kinds of things happening, you got protesters now, you got some ch churches aren't being allowed to open, you know, we can't have a, a drive-through church, we can't even have people parking in the parking lot of the church, but yet you can park in the market, you can park in stores, so where's the, you know, w what do we do with that, you know, as, what do we do if we start seeing unfairness towards the church of God, what if we do when we start, if we start seeing that, well, we know what's behind the movement, we know that we fight against principalities of darkness. We know that that's what moves this world. So we got to pray. We have to pray and we have to seek God and search God for him to give us direction, for him to give us answers. And God is not a God who, who takes his time. God will answer his people and God will move with a, with a ferociousness because his, for his righteousness. And we will see the hand of God if we will just get together and pray and trust in God and trust in his mighty power. Hebrews 10, 19 through 21, also from, from the message version, it says, So friends, we can now, without hesitation, without hesitation, we can walk right up to God. We can walk right up to God. Just walk right in. You know, think about that. Think about somebody that, you know, an important businessman or businesswoman or, or you have this office and we could just walk right in. Walk right into the Creator. You know why? Because Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our priest before God, the curtain into God's presence in his, in his body. We can go right up to God and pray and talk to our Lord. And he is there and he is listening and he loves you. Ephesians 6.10 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, 
with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, why do we have to keep on praying? Why can't just God do what he's going to do? Why do we have to pray? Because God wants to be involved in your life. God wants you to walk through a process with him. God wants to know you. God wants to, to be part of your life in all areas of your life. He wants to be your God. He wants to be your number one in your life. He is a jealous God in that way. He is worthy of worship. Nobody else is worthy of worship, but God is worthy of worship. And he deserves number one spot in your life. He doesn't need to come second to your job, second to your family, second to your, the sport. He doesn't need to come second to, to your finance, second to anything. God has to be number one. And if you put God number one, you will see the hand of blessing upon your life. You will see that. You absolutely will see that. And God takes us through this process and has us pray for others because we all need to be together. Yesterday, we had a chance to travel around the city and we we'd go to a few elderly people from our church's house and, and you know, doing our best to follow the guidelines with the social distancing and everything. And, and we, we, we'd show up and just to pray for them, to pray for them. And when the first one we did, I, I just wasn't ready to, to feel what I felt. But we got there and prayed and just crying and crying and crying. And why? It wasn't because of us or maybe we weren't that bad looking when they saw us. They started crying. But they started crying because the presence of God, the love of God, just over, overcame. Just showing love towards God's people. Letting people know you care. Letting people know that you're there makes all the difference in the world. So we need to pray for one another because each and every one of us go through trials and tribulations. Even the people who think that you think that may not have a problem at all, have a problem. Everybody has something, and we all need to pray for one another, and we all need to stick together. And so we pray for one another in obedience to the Word of God. And when we do that, we see our faith grow. My faith grew a little bit yesterday, seeing people cry just because we're praying for one another. Looking back and seeing the people at their cars and, and just stretching their hands and praying, what a lovely sight that is. In the midst of this time where we're not supposed to do anything, we need to do something. The church needs to do something. We need to exercise our faith, and within the orders that are given, we want to be obedient to that, but we also are going to be obedient to our Lord Jesus Christ, and we are not going to stop presenting the gospel. We are not going to stop praying for one another. We are not going to stop. The church cannot be stopped. The church will never be stopped. Because the person who runs the church is Jesus Christ. And he has already won victory over any power that can come against the church or anything for that matter. So we pray. We pray. We pray because we express our trust in God. If you've ever read the Lord's Prayer in the Gospels, if you read through that, you'll see that all that is is about dependence on God. Everything is about depending on God, depending on God. He wants us to depend on Him for the things we need. He wants us to depend on Him for when we're happy, when we're sad. He wants us to depend on Him. He wants to just talk with us. He wants to just sit down and talk with us. 
If you're the kind of person that has to have a coffee in the morning before you start your day, do that with God. Sit alone with God. Find a quiet place in your house, in your backyard, in your front house, in your car, wherever it is, and just have a moment with God. And if you don't drink coffee, you can still do that. Just have a moment with God. Have time with God. Let him know that you, you're thankful for, for everything that you have. Let them know the things that you want. Let them know the things that you need. Let them know the things that, that you're thinking about. Let them know your dreams. Let them know your aspirations. Let them know your desires. And then listen for God's desires for you. Listen for God's plan for you. Listen for God's blessing on you because you may have more than you even realize. But God wants to be there with you through every part of your life. He wants to have that fellowship with us. Now why in the world would the God of all creation want to, have, want to hang out with us? And the answer is really simple. Because he loves you. He absolutely adores you. Everything about you he loves and adores. He created you the way you are. He loves you and wants to be part of your life. And he allows us also to get involved in the kingdom work. By the way, when we get to pray and we get to share with one another, he allows us to get involved in the movement of the church. If, if the Bible was still being written, we, there will be writings about the church during this year, 2020. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ what did they do during this time? Did they remember their first love? Did they remember Christ? Did they look for the power of the Holy Spirit? Did they look for miracles to happen? Or did they just stay at home? The church is not entertainment. The church is the power of God. And the church will bring healing to this nation. And I don't care how popular or unpopular that is. The church is needed in this country, in this world. God is needed. And the church can't be stopped because of Christ Jesus. So we pray with one another. We exercise our faith. We stay on alert because the enemy wants to destroy us. We all know that. But we don't have to give much importance to the enemy. We just know that he's out there. And we're alert and watch out for his schemes. When we pray, we ask God, okay, what angles are, are, you know, are going to come at me? What angle is, is the enemy going to use to come at me? And, and we're just alert. And then when it happens, we're ready and we fight it off with what? With the word of God. Because if you remember the second point, which is meditate on the word of God, if you're well meditated on the word of God and something comes at you, you're ready to snap back at it in the name of Jesus with the word of God. But if you're not doing that, then that's where there's holes in your faith. So we have to work at every, with every inch of our strength to chase after that rabbit, to, to see God and to chase after him. But if we don't see God, we're, gonna get, we're not going to know what we're going after. But we need to see God. I need you to see God. And if you don't know about God and you don't know that you can see God, well, why don't you ask God to let him see you? Why don't you ask God for, for him to reveal himself to you? Why don't you ask God to be real in your life? Why don't you ask God to do a miracle in your life? Why don't you ask God to be your God? 
And then you will see that he is real. You will see that he is 100% who he says he is. He is the Almighty, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. And victorious over everything, victorious over this world, victorious over death. And you will be victorious if you open your heart to Jesus. If you don't know God like that, why don't you ask? What are you afraid of? What do you want to be like the wicked that will be destroyed? Or do you want to be like those that are righteous and that will be blessed? It seems silly to me that people want to be destroyed. And you don't have to be like that. You do not have to be like that. But if you trust in God, you will see the mighty hand in God. This is a time for the church to, to be bold. And I don't want to sugarcoat anything. It's either you serve God or you don't serve God. It's that simple. My desire is that you serve God. If I get emotional thinking about those who will be lost, can you imagine how God feels? Can you imagine how God feels when one of his, one of his precious, precious children decide that they want to take the path of destruction? But you don't have to do that. If you're hearing my voice today, if you are in reach of the word of God, you don't have to go that path. You don't have to stay on that path. You can trust God. You can trust God. You can trust God. In order for us to have faith during this pandemic, I want you to understand that this is a beautiful opportunity, a wonderful opportunity to exercise our faith. This is a golden opportunity that we have to share God with this world. This is a perfect opportunity for the darkness to be eaten up by the light of Jesus. May we pursue God with passion and desire in a non-stop, relentless attitude to seeking righteousness and to helping others to see that. Like that dog chasing that rabbit. The love of God, his word, and prayer. If we can love God, remember our first love, and we can pray, and we can be in his word, then our faith will grow during this time. But if we don't do those things, our faith will not grow by itself. So I, I you know, I, I, I know that, I was going to say I hope, but you know what? I know 100% that the Lord is stirring something in you. I know that God is stirring a passion inside of you, a desire to serve God. And this is where you have the opportunity. So if you feel God to starting to do something in you and you get scared and you just want to click off and not listen to us, you can do that. But if you stay on and just trust God and ask God to do something in your life, you will be changed into the person that God wants you to be. You will be strengthened by the word of God. You will be considered righteous and holy because you have opened your heart and believed in the sacrifice of Christ Jesus. And I urge you to do that today. I urge you to turn away from sinfulness, the sinfulness that entangles us and takes us down the path of destruction. Turn away from that and turn to Jesus. Turn to God in a way that... that <laughs> If you would just let God be your God, you will see the mighty hand of God upon your life. But you may say, Pastor, if I do that, I have to stop living the way I'm living. I have to stop doing this or doing that or doing this. Yes, you might have to. 
But you know what you will gain? You will gain eternity with Jesus. And you know what you're going to lose? Destruction. So, I mean, if you weigh it out, Jesus loves you and cares for you so much. And during this time, I asked the church, I asked our church, LM1, and all those that are listening that are believers to rise up in the name of Jesus and grow strong in your faith during this time. When, when, when we're allowed to, to come back and, and these restrictions are off, the church needs to be unleashed like a catapult just going out there, destroying darkness everywhere it goes. In the mighty name of Jesus. And if you don't know God and, and this, maybe during this time you're a little nervous, what's going on in the world? You know, it's okay to have a little bit of fear because fear in God is the beginning of wisdom. And, and to know that you don't have to have fear and be terrified because God brings you peace. And if you're out there and your heart is stirring and you want to accept God this morning, all you have to do is just pray with me right now and say, God, I need you. I know that I'm all over the place, but I need you, Lord Jesus. I need you to change my wicked ways into ways that are righteous. I need you, Lord Jesus, to give me strength. And if you, if you want God to bring change into your life, just pray that with me. Pray, you know, just wherever you are, just say, God, I need you, and that's all you need to do is ask God into your heart. By, you don't have to do a mechanized prayer. You just come the way you are and say, God, I need you. And then from there, you just start growing in your faith. You know, there's, there's that old saying that you could lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. So I pray that those who have heard can really take of the word of God and digest it and live it and believe it and know that God is real and he loves you. And I pray that you grow in your faith I pray that you mature in your faith, that you become a warrior in the name of Jesus for this time that God has allowed us, has blessed us to be a part of. This is a time where the true believers will rise up in the power of our mighty God. Those who don't see Jesus will get tired of the chase. They may fall away, but you have an opportunity to not fall away. So... The word of God has been preached this morning and God is doing a mighty work. And my prayer is that you will be blessed, blessed beyond your wildest imaginations by the mighty power of God. Let me pray with you and may God bless you. Father, we pray, Father, for our church this morning. We pray, Lord Jesus, for those who have heard the word of God this morning. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, to do a mighty work in their life. If there's unbelief out there, Father, I ask that you reveal yourself to them in a way that only you can, Lord. May you bring healing to the sick, Father. May your hand, mighty hand of power be upon the households that are listening this morning. May your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, begin to change our hearts. And may we, Father God, not be afraid to listen to the prompting of your Spirit. May we not be afraid to trust in you. Father, I pray for your people. I pray for this state. I pray for our governor. I pray for our president. I pray, Father, for all the states, and I pray that your mighty hand be upon them. I pray, Father God, that they look towards you and not look towards anything else, but look towards you, Lord Jesus. 
I pray that your Holy Spirit, Father, do a mighty work in our nation and in this world. Father God, we love you and we praise you. And together, the people of God say amen. May God bless you all. And we hope to see you next week. And we hope to see you in our churches one of these days. And I know that's going to happen. But until then, let's keep on praising in the name of Jesus. God bless you.